This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple. Hey, good morning, Chicago. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm a financial journalist and the CEO of Best Money Moves. That's my financial wellness company. And I'm Tom Fortino. I'm the principal and founder of the Alpha Wealth Group, a retirement planning firm right here in the Chicagoland area. So if you want to give us a call, ask a question, uh, just chat, uh, provide a commentary, 630-934-1855. You can call or text that number, or you can go to alphawealthgroup.com and take a look at all the really cool stuff Tom's got on his website, income planning information, estate planning, asset planning, investment planning, or tax planning. You can even just ask Tom to do an x-ray of your portfolio so you know what you have and why you have it. So... I wanted to go back to tax for a sec, Tom, because I know we're past sort of the official tax season. We're kind of uh, in between waiting for October when everybody who couldn't manage to file in April finally gets their acts together, pulls out the shoebox, goes through the receipts, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I'm just wondering, do you at the end of the year get a tax refund or do you owe tax or do you come out dead even? Well, the dead even is a real hard one, but uh, almost impossible. (laughs) But normally, you know, it ends up where I got to cut a check. Okay. And I'm on the other side. We always overpay (laughs) because we've got, you know, two businesses. We never know where we're going to be. And so we don't want to run the risk. So we just overpay and then we apply uh, whatever the overage is to the next year. Okay. So do you believe that if you get a refund, you did it right? And if you pay, you did it wrong? Or do you believe if you're paying, you do it right? And if you get a refund, you're doing it wrong? Well, you know, I think when you take a look at this, it comes down to, and there's arguments on both sides, I guess, and we can have those. But the point is, the the bottom line is, regardless of whether you owe it or you don't owe or whatever, you're still paying the same amount. Your tax liability what you owe in taxes is the same, right? Barring any penalties and so on. But my point is yeah. you still pay the same amount. So the question is, do you want to get some back because you feel this is a um, indirect way of saving money that you otherwise would spend? I don't know. You say, well, hold money out of my paycheck. So the argument is if you're more disciplined, you, you, you try to figure out what you should withhold from your paycheck or what you should pay if you do quarterly payments to meet your obligation and then the balance of that you're disciplined enough to invest and put aside or save it. That's great. All of that's great. I think the biggest thing from all of this discussion and again you can have arguments on both sides is you know there's tax preparation and then there's tax planning. We can prepare our taxes and people do like you said you did it April 15th came well it was later than that this year but came and went we made we filed and we put it in a box and we never looked at it again. This can be one of the biggest problems, I think, where we say tax planning versus tax preparation. What are you doing today throughout the year to put yourself, I like to call it forward tax planning, put yourself in a better position down the road. Things that you can do today, whether it's contributing, we talk about this all the time, at least Roth IRAs. If you're over age 50, you can put $7,500 into an IRA, Roth IRA that will grow tax-free the rest of your life. There's no required minimum distributions doesn't tax your social security and goes to your spouse and children tax-free. Are we doing this? That you can do in addition to a 401k, even if you're contributing to a 401k. You can do it. Are we doing these things? And I can't tell you how often uh, when I meet my original meeting with individuals, they have very little or nothing in tax-free, and we start that process 
and all of a sudden over three, four, five years, you know, they got fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars or more in money that every penny is theirs. That statement is a hundred percent yours. When you look at this and don't get angry, but when you look at your four hundred one K traditional, you look at a traditional IRA, that's not all your money. As Ed Slot says, it's infested with taxes. That's pretty much joint titled with the government. Are they going to get 25, 30%? I don't know, but it's not all your money. So we have to really start doing some, what I like to say, getting to tax free. And there's a way to start that process. Okay. I want to talk about this because, so I think I told you last show that my son has just taken his first job and he lives in California. It's a higher tax state. Mm -hmm. And, you know, basically every dollar that he gets paid, he's going to be in the highest tax bracket, I think, Mm -hmm. or close to it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, but just assume somebody's making a huge amount of money and they're now in the top tax bracket. And so every dollar they make, 45% of it goes to taxes. It's hard to imagine in retirement you're going to pay that much money. Like to what? me, it's it's better to put it away, reduce the tax now because you're in the top tax bracket, try to get out of the top tax bracket and <laughs> and then worry about retirement down the line. Well, again, depending on, and this gets back to these tax brackets. Right now, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act 2017, you know, you're in a 24% tax bracket up to $364,000 of income. So I don't know if people are aware of this. The margins are pretty huge right now. At least that's my comment and my belief. So many of us, you know, the question is, do you want to pay the 22 or 24% today to never pay tax on it the rest of your life? And by the way, that means you can maybe get more of your Social Security tax free. It may mean your Medicare premiums are lower and so on. There's just all of these things that maybe we don't take into account that we should be considering. I call that tax diversification. Now, if you're in a higher tax bracket, really high, and you say, look, I'm not sure if I want to pay that today. Well, you can take a look at health savings accounts. Those might be a possibility where you can put money into those. And the money, again, grows tax-free. In fact, it's tax deductible going in. You may be able to do what sometimes they call backdoor Roths. I'm not a crazy fan of that, but where you can put money into a traditional and then convert it there's just a lot of different also there's are different ways to grow tax free monies and so i have the you know i've always i've offered it before i have the tax free strategies getting to tax free report anybody wants that we'll get it out to them and it shows these different ideas so to answer your question i, I get what you're saying at least but i think it doesn't mean we abandon the hey can i start doing some things where i can create this pot of money that i know it's 100 percent mine there's still ways to do it and so Again, I have seven ideas in this report, and there's probably others that we could talk about, but that's that's something that's available to anybody who wants it. Do HSAs allow you to do investments, be, or do they, because when they started out, <clears throat> HSAs typically just paid you almost no interest, so it, it could grow tax-free, it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was more like a holding pot. Have, has that changed? Yeah. Well, health savings got, yeah, you can, you can have some investments in there. Now they're unique. You have to do them through certain companies, banks and so on. They very limit to who you can open HSAs through. But, um, yeah, you can get some growth and absolutely get some growth in those accounts. And as I said, it's really the triple tax free, as they say, the money goes in, it is tax deductible. So you get a tax break right in the beginning. You don't pay taxes on the contribution. The money grows tax free. And then when it's used in retirement for healthcare, which we know that's an expense and one of the many expenses you'll have, you get to pull money out of that tax-free too. It won't go on your 1040 ever, will not impact your Social Security ever, and will not in, in, uh, impact your Medicare premiums ever. So that's just where these HSAs can be used as one of the many 
potential options. And again, having the IRS a smaller partner in your retirement, which I say is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't disagree. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about artificial intelligence and what we think is going to happen when uh, computers start acting even more like people, for better or for worse. You're listening to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm here with Tom Fortino of the Alpha Wealth Group. You can find us at 630-934-1855 or go to alphawealthgroup.com. And this is something you may actually want to text us about. So we've heard a lot more lately about artificial intelligence or AI, as it's often called. And it's basically when computers act like people, for better or for worse, with reasonable accuracy and it's improving every day. I mean, four months ago, nobody had ever heard of anything called ChatGPT. So every day there's another new thing that's happening. So meanwhile, uh, this is how smart uh, ChatGPT is. The, they, it is able to pass the Wharton from the University of Pennsylvania Wharton MBA program. It has correctly answered medical license exam questions, and it scored well enough to pass the multi-state bar exam. So here's the question, Tom. Is it ready to replace us, radio talk show host and, you know, supreme <laughs> investor guy like you, you know, uh, financial rep? What are you thinking? You know, do we think that we're going to have AI replacing financial advisors more than, you know, robo ad- investment advisory that we have now? I mean, where do you see it all fitting together? Yeah, you know, I wonder what would happen if you asked AI about replacing, asked, the question you just asked me if you asked them what they would what it would say. But, you know, I, I think, you know, any t- look, I'm, I'm a fan of anything with productivity increases and things can be offset. You know, we look at our history, whether it was the cotton gin that made, you know, you could create 50 times more cotton, um, whether it was the car, whether it was, you know, the and all of these things that increased productivity, increased wealth, increased the well-being of the United States. So I'm a fan of anything that can do that. And I think this can be that. But as far as it goes, we're kind of using it in a way right now. What I mean by that is the Social Security analysis I do when I'm doing part of this is just one piece of the overall analysis. When I sit down with someone, I run the software for it. Well, it runs an analysis. She shows three or four options, and here's what happens to where you get your maximum benefit. If you take it early, this is what happens over your life. So we have some of this already baked into what we do as a firm and what all, a lot of people do in this industry. But what it's missing, obviously, is that element, which I'm going to say is the human element in the discussions and knowing the questions to ask. Right. And so yeah. I, I think it, it can be helpful as part of it, but I also, I don't think it's, it can be a complete replacement at this point. And so, especially in this where there's just so many moving parts, when I talk about, you know, having an income plan, a tax plan, an investment plan, an asset protection plan, and an estate and legacy plan, you know, I can say, yeah, you should have a trust in place, but then does it know the nuances between your family members and the relationships? You know, and so on. It just there's just so much that goes into those personal decisions, and I don't, and especially in this industry, there's no perfect answer to any of these things. So the answers can sometimes be different depending on your situation. That's a really great point because I do think the place that we're already seeing it is to enhance conversations where you're giving mm-hmm. information or ask you, the person, the individual. You know, you're being asked by a website 
which is really run by a chat GPT bot, let's say, you know, you're being asked these personal questions and then they're doing something with it or making a recommendation to mm-hmm. you. I don't think it's there yet. I mean, it's so complicated. Mm-hmm. People's hopes and dreams and how that all feeds together. I mean, maybe in another five or 10 years, it'll be capable of doing that. I don't really think it is today. Although every time I think that it's not anywhere close to doing something, somebody new is doing something. So for example, I know that you know people now can use AI and ChatGPT to create fake videos of themselves or other people mm-hmm. that look like they've shot a video. They mm-hmm. you know, you feed in your own videos and then it manufactures, I don't even know how it does this, it manufactures another Elise Glink and then I type in what I want myself to say and there I am saying it on the screen. Mm-hmm. So that to me is just kind of crazy. And what it makes me think about Tom honestly is not whether it's going to replace me as a radio talk show host, which I'm pretty sure it will at some point in the near future. But I, I think about what kinds of companies can I invest that are making this stuff? <laughs> well, you know, we've seen some of them. And I think some of the stuff is a, is ahead of, of its skis, as we talk about. You know, you've seen what's happened with NVIDIA. You've seen what's happened with Microsoft and, and the chat GPT. Even Micron Technology now has been part of it. So, you know, you can look to try to invest in it. I think a lot of that, the froth is in on some of these things. So you have to be careful. Again, we talked about this before, about some of the risks of just owning one stock. Or one. Look, if you want to, if you want to purchase, again, purchase something on a small piece and try to, hopefully it's going to be, you know, we've talked about, I think here before, Kathy Wood of, of ARC. You know, you look at her mutual funds that she offers. All of these things, she's got these technologies. She's got four or five different funds. You know, those are things where they're into these different uh, companies. And, you know, her her claim is, look, you, you're, you're going to struggle maybe in a few years now, but you're talking five, six, seven years from now. This is the vision. These things are going to be worth, you know, 100 times what they're worth today, owning some of these things. So this is where you can take a look. Maybe there's exchange-traded funds. There's different funds out there that you can look to own that are in this technology space. And I'm not averse to someone maybe putting a marker down on some of that stuff. And as we talked about, if it's in a Roth and it multiplies by 100 or 1,000, it's all tax-free. Yeah, which is a great thing as well to be able to do that. I, you know, doesn't always work out that way, but <laughs> when it does, it's, <laughs> it's really yeah. nice to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, was it Elon Musk who said he bought, he put shares of a company that he'd been given that was a startup that were worthless into a Roth, and now it's worth like $5 billion? That was Peter Thiel. Oh, Peter Thiel. Who right. they were, but they were both part of PayPal. But uh, yeah, Peter Thiel. You know, he bought, I think it was, there were 17 cents a share This uh, on PayPal. He bought, was it a million shares or something? So it was like 17,000 he put in this account. Well, then it was, you know, or 100,000 shares. I can't remember, but it was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. It is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Every penny is tax-free. Yeah, and they, not that he needs that, but, uh, and they, they have started to put some limits on that kind of stuff, but yeah. anyway, good for him. Uh, wish we all had inve- made the same investment and were smart enough to see that vision, but so it goes. Um, all right, well, I want to talk a little bit more about this, but, you know, something to think about, certainly that, you know, chat GPT, as good as it is today, is not really the same thing as talking to a person about your money. And I do think that there's a real engagement that happens on a personal level that it just can't be replaced. Mm -hmm. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we're going to take a short break. 630-934-1855. Would love to hear what you think. Call or text us. Let us know what you think about AI and how AI is moving into some of these different areas. You can also go to alphawealthgroup.com and leave us a message there. We'll be back in a moment with more of This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the second half of This Week in Wealth. If you're just joining me, I'm Elise Glink. I'm CEO of Best Money Moves, and I'm here with Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group. You can find us online, alphawealthgroup.com, or you can go to 630-934-1855. Call or text us your thoughts, your questions, uh, anything else you want to know, 630-934-1855. All right, Tom. So we got a question this week uh, that I thought you might like to tackle. Mm-hmm. Here's Here it is. How do I know when I've saved enough to retire? <laughs> You're always talking about the extra $400 a month I'm going to need. But what if a truly huge expense comes up, like mm-hmm. replacing the roof for $10,000 or someone gets sick or I have to take care of my grandchildren, housing, food, clothing? I don't know what else they're thinking. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Well, you know, this is part of this. There's things you can't plan for every single thing. There's some things that just you kind of can sometimes get blindsided, but you do the best you can. And so the basis is you create, we've talked about this so many times, Lisa, about creating consistent, guaranteed, sustainable income and lifetime income. And so these are those things you do, whether it's a social security that comes in the rest of your life, a pension that comes in the rest of your life, or using annuities that come in the rest of your life. That's the base. And then sometimes you can create an income plan that creates the income and then some, right? What I mean by that is that and then some can be used every year to say, you know, I'm either going to save it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add some to this. Maybe I put that away each year and save every year and, and have that grow so it's available to me as an emergency. This is, again, how you can design a plan as part of the income plan and then some, all right? And so that's part of it. And also, Looking at the investment piece, you know, that we'll talk about not just for the expenses, I mean, I should say, or these where I got to replace a water heater where, you know, something happens in the home or have these bigger expenses they're asking. A car. You know, that's something you can, again, test for, and we test for that. In fact, when I run the analysis, I just had someone say, hey, I need $30,000 in two years for a wedding. Okay. So we plug that only, in. Wait, only 30000 That would be my question. But okay, plug that in. <laughs> what they said was they were giving $30,000 and they said, here's your check. Do what you want with it. And I thought, hey, that's a great idea. But, um, you know, but they worked it. I do that very often where I work it in to show. And all of this really is uh, when you run these things, it gives you a good sense. Uh, when I said we talked about earlier, we've talked about in past weeks, where I factor in inflation, I factor in longevity, I factor in, I can also factor in these additional where we say every so often, uh, look, I'm going to need this chunk of money. There's a number of ways to factor it in. Is there a perfect plan? No, there never is. But you can certainly create one that's going to give you a very high probability, hopefully, and will prove that very high probability of success in retirement. Again, creating income that lasts a lifetime and then some. You can also have, we have a solid investment plan where you have parts of it that are protected, but you still have some growth. So when you have to pull money out of that every so often, separate from that income coming in that's sustaining your life and the things you want to do, now you got a pretty strong plan. And hopefully you're pulling money out of there too to take a trip around the world or wherever you're going to these places uh, you know, whether it's to... Yeah, you're uh, going to go live in Portugal for six months or something. Whatever it may be, yeah. 
That's yeah. that's how you do it. And so there's ways to design it. And again, rather than I think a lot of times, and I get it, we're busy with our lives. We're just thinking, okay, I got a chunk of money here. It's not about creating this pile of money and picking at it. There's more to this creating a plan that we're comfortable can meet these goals. Yeah, I, I think that's a good thing. Also, I mean, in your intake meeting or your first few meetings with somebody, I imagine you can say to them, "Hey, have you got any kids? Are they going to get married? Are you going to have? Are they going to have grandkids? Let's, mm-hmm. you know, even if they do or don't, let's pretend they're going to, and mm-hmm. we're going to put it in a reserve that covers all of that stuff. You can simulate so that it, absolutely, right? So it's a it's a really smart way of doing it. All right, we have another question that came in. Listen to your show every week. Love it. Can I buy a house, a vacation home, with money from my IRA? That's a question. (laughs) It was very simple, very short. (laughs) I could say yes. No. Here's how that works. Look, IRAs, you know, typically, obviously, we know IRAs own stocks, bonds, investments. So the question is, can they own different types of assets? And in this case, real estate. The answer is you can buy real estate with IRAs. You just have to be very careful. I'm very cautious of this. I'm not typically, you know, again, I don't know everybody's situation, obviously. I'm not typically a big fan of this, but, you know, you have to go through the right custodian. Fidelity, typically, or TD Ameritrade or Schwab, they're not going to say, oh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll structure this and you can own a piece of real estate. That's not what they're designed for. And there's some actually in Chicago. You can look these companies up, these companies that will do the paperwork, there's uh, requirements through, again, making it sure it conforms with all of the IRS guidelines to make it still an IRA. So the sh- the, that's kind of the long answer. But the short answer is, yes, you can do it. But keep in mind, required minimum distributions are still required out of it. And so it's just a little cumbersome to have a piece of real estate in an IRA. But you can. Right. It, right. It, look for the word self-directed IRA. <clears throat> that's tip. And you have to ask if they allow real estate. And then we also need to make the distinction, Tom, that... It's not about, um, you can't own personal real estate, right? Personal use Mm -hmm. real estate inside an IRA. This would only be an investment property. Mm -hmm. So as a vacation home, first thing you have to decide, are you, you know, is this your vacation Mm -hmm. home where you're going out every weekend? Or is this something that you're using uh, either 14 days a year or or less? Or you can do up to 10% of the total days that are rented. Um, and so if you meet those rules, you know, you can do it. But again, all the money that you pay to fix this, you know, the place up come from the IRA, all the revenue goes back mm-hmm. into the IRA. And if you do have a minimum distribution, that can be challenging. So you certainly yeah. want to think about all of those things ahead of time. And this is where you really want to work with somebody who's an expert who really understands it and can help you make the most use out of it. And typically it's not done with these houses unless they're pure investment i'm renting out the for the whole mm-hmm. year kind of property yeah, or you buy you know a gas station or you're buying a strip mall or <laughs> whatever you're buying it's commercial industrial mm-hmm. warehouse something like that so just to be super careful because you don't want to run afoul also you should be aware that these iras have higher costs and fees mm-hmm. typically than than a fidelity does or a charles schwab right. for their iras uh they're designed in different ways different rules um so all of that is what you have to think through before you make that move. I agree. Yeah, it's just, I, it's, it can be problematic. So you just have to be very careful. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you have a question for us, this is the place to come, segment three of our show. We're always happy to take your questions. You can call or text us, 630-934-1855, or you can just go to alphawealthgroup.com. While you're there, take a look at all the different pieces of information that Tom has on the website. We talked a lot about taxes today, and he's got a whole thing on tax planning that I think you'll find to be incredibly useful. Um, and if you're interested in real estate as an investment, uh, he's got information that he can give you personally, so you're better off just making an appointment and going in and talking to him about it. AlphaWealthGroup.com, or you can call and text us at 630-934-1855. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment with another segment of This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino. 630-934-1855 is our number. You can call or text questions, comments, thoughts, whatever. We'd be happy to hear from you. AlphaWealthGroup.com is another place to go. So, Tom, I want to get into estate planning. We haven't talked about this in a while, but the latest Mm -hmm. numbers are showing that there are literally millions of Americans who haven't written a will. I think the recent poll by Gallup was something around 50% of people of adult Americans didn't have a will in 2021. And another survey by Charles Schwab said that of those who have assets of a million dollars or more, 20% didn't have a will either. Mm -hmm. And Sam and I were talking about this over the weekend, and our will is still valid, but it's more than 20 years old. I was like, well, do we need a new will or... You know, is this common? I mean, did, does, if it covers everything, does it yeah. cover everything? I mean, tax laws have really changed in the 20 years since we wrote it. And I bet you have this happen with people who come to see you where probably a good chunk of them don't even have a will. And the, those that do, maybe it's 20 or 30 or even 40 years old. Mm-hmm. So what do, you, what do you think about that? And how do you help people? Well, you know, as part of what we do as a firm is, you know, we have an attorney that does all of this. We're unique in that sense where I say, look, I've always been doing this over 20 years. I've had an, an attorney that we've done the estate planning as part of it, and I'm pretty insistent on it. I don't do it. I'm not the attorney. But if I'm working with someone, I, you know, they need to have these things in place. I've used the uh, phrase, I think, before, and an attorney I worked with used to say this. If you have a home and a bank account, I'll take it a step further than the will. You should have a trust. You would still have the will, but we want to, when we talk about estate planning and having things set up properly, a trust does that. It, it dictates what happens. And so I'm pretty insistent on that. When I talk with individuals, they come in. For those that have a trust already or documents, I always say, throw everything in a box, come on in. And that's part of what we review as a team here when we look at the estate planning, because in many cases, just like the will, and we can talk about the differences in a minute here, but if you put these things in place 10, 15 years ago, or even five years, you may have not looked at them in a long time. So when I say, well, who's your successor trustee? Well, I think it's my first child. Well, I'm not sure. Who's your second trustee? How's your beneficiary? How's your distribution section set up? Who are your powers of attorney? Many times you're not sure because you set them up once and you kind of never looked at them again. So when we talk about estate and legacy planning, you know, it's about these, what I like to call the six essential documents. The one is the trust, the will, the pour of a will, powers of attorney, financial, medical powers of attorney, personal directives, personal pro. You know, there's these documents that really you should have in place that cover all of it. And so we want to really start with the trust 
that's really what we should have in place. And for those that don't, you know, as I said, if you have a home and a bank account, you should have a trust. That's my that's my opinion. I agree with that statement. You know, and there are other ways to do it as well. I mean, Illinois is a um, is it a P? What is it called? Pay Pay on death. Right. Mm -hmm. P.O.D. I was going to say P.U.D. And then that's actually a planned unit development for real estate. So (laughs) you can see where my brain is today. But no, a a P.O.D. I know that we've got uh, there are forms that you can sign. How do you Mm -hmm. feel about a P.O.D. versus a trust? Well, you know, pay you can do that or transfer on death. There's these things that you could put on it. But why would you why don't you just create a trust and put it in there? What do I mean by that? If it's in the trust, in other words, if it's Bob and Gene Smith, and I don't know a Bob and Gene Smith, it's an example, but if it's Bob and Gene Smith, it, you know, and you create the Bob and Gene Smith Trust, the title will actually now be the Bob and Gene Smith Trust, your bank account, your home. What's the difference? That it's in the trust during your lifetime. It's enacted during your lifetime. It's not post-death, right? So you do a transfer on death. Number one, if it's incorrect, that's a problem or a pay on death, number one. Number two, what happens if that beneficiary predeceases you or if there's a common accident? And so a trust takes, that's why I'm saying the trust just, it's just a cleaner way to do things. Your trust can say everything goes to my children first. Equally, if a child predeceases me, we like to say keep it in the bloodlines. It goes to their children, not to the um, in-laws. And uh, so the trust can take on these all these contingencies that really, will a transfer on death and POD and TOD work? Yeah, they can. But I like to make it as as uh, rock solid as possible. That's why I say do the trust and get the assets in the trust today. That becomes active today. And so you don't have to worry about that going forward. Yeah. And th- there are different kinds of trusts. I think we should talk just for a minute about that because the kind of trust you're looking at is a revocable trust, right? You mm-hmm. can take things in and out of the out of the trust. It does not affect estate planning in a mm-hmm. way that it would you know, change the amount that you would owe the government if you qualified for estate taxes, right? Well, it doesn't really, but the thing about it is it preserves your exemption. We don't know what the rules will be down the road. For example, in the state of Illinois, it's $4 million per person, right? So let's say, for example, husband and wife, one spouse, their, their estate's worth $6 million. They, you know, you say, okay, $4 million each, $8 million, we're covered. Well, if a spouse passes away and everything goes to the surviving spouse, that exemption potentially is lost. And so the children receive $6 million, and the state of Illinois says, you owe some estate taxes or inheritance taxes. And you say, well, what? I got mom and dad, $4 million each. Well, they're going to say, you didn't get anything from dad. You got all from mom. And so this is where, again, we want to be, there's another element, which is, comes into the estate tax piece of it, that we, wanna, we want to maybe consider. And again, mm. this is what we do when I talk about estate planning. It's not just about making sure you have the right documents, which are important. But being conscious of taxes, you know, being conscious of your beneficiaries, that's a whole nother discussion we could have, Elise. You know, your beneficiaries, unless you name your will or trust in your IRA, your 401k, they have absolutely nothing to do with your beneficiary designation. And so you really want to be careful about that. That's why, you know, I have a whole set of, you know, reports. I do bulletproofing your beneficiaries, the six essential documents, really kind of looking at all of these pieces on estate planning. 
Yeah, I, I think it's pretty important. It's and it's something that you build from the ground up, right? It's it's every mm-hmm. time and people forget, right? Life goes on. Mm-hmm. So you've got people who name beneficiaries of insurance policies, for example, and then they go on with life, they've got a kid, and then they get divorced, they never go back and look at that right. original policy. So the ex-wife may end up or ex-spouse, could be ex-husband, mm-hmm. right? Ex-spouse ends up with getting the money if something happens as opposed to the children. Mm-hmm. Um, you Maybe you wanted to name your new partner as the beneficiary mm-hmm. and you don't make <clears throat> that change. They're not going to get a dime. Um, it's just a cause of all kinds of hurt. And people just don't even think about it. You're not, you don't always remember what you, right. what you did. I, I know somebody whose <clears throat> uh, grandfather had made a list of the things they wanted to give away just as an addendum to the will. Mm-hmm. Well, they did that in like 1977. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, they died 20 years later. They had more stuff they'd accumulated. Things went to the wrong people. Some things went to people who are no longer part of the family, right? Because there have been divorces and separations or death. And mm-hmm. instead of the kids getting it, it went, you know, into some yeah. other. It was a mess is what I'm really trying to say. A big mess, all of which could have been avoided had this Absolutely. person actually looked at that before they died. But they, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, people got things that weren't even part of the family anymore. It had been sold. Like, yeah. Here you go. Here's your bequest. Oh, sorry. It's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gone. Yeah, this is important. You may accidentally disinherit children. You know, these are things that I always say problems that are asleep. And so it's very important if you've done the documents, hey, it's a good idea to sit down and review them and understand what you have in place. Make sure your assets are titled properly. I always say there's what I call the beneficiary audit. That's step one in my report. Audit your beneficiaries. Find out who they are. You may be surprised when you contact these companies and they tell you who your beneficiaries are. This is all part of that financial organization piece, but it is a critical piece of those five pieces to your plan that I always talk about. Estate and legacy is one of them, and you can check the box and get it in place, and, and this is very important to your overall plan. The other thing is, and I think when, it, when you might want to redo your will, is if your witnesses have passed away, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you want to have witnesses that are still alive that, that you know, are alive after you've gone. And so if they've died ahead of you, uh, that could present a problem, I think. Yeah, and again, this is why we talk about, you know, we prepare a will, I should say, the attorney prepares the will as part of your overall documents, these documents that are, you know, the powers of attorney by financial. So who can make decisions if you're incapacitated during your lifetime? IRAs are individually titled. So they're all, if you're incapacitated, the IRA is frozen, right? Unless you have a power of attorney, your right. spouse, your friend, nobody can access that unless, again, there's a power of attorney. So you have to remember there's assets that can be frozen during your lifetime as well as after. And so these are things, again, there's, there's, there's a way to really take care of this and say I, that's in place, and then you can review it every so often, but there's a way to get it in place and, and feel good about what you have so you know you control your assets, you make the decisions, not someone else is going to be making them for you. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. As always, we're a little short on time. But if you want to continue this conversation, it's a really important one. Give Tom a call, 630-934-1855, or just leave your name and number. He'll get back to you. You can also do the same at alphawealthgroup.com. But this is something, don't put this off, folks. This is really something that, and I, you, you've heard me talk about this in my own life from personal experience. It can really make or break your whole family. 
All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. You can find me at bestmoneymoves.com. You can find us on wgnradio.com. And you can find us here next week at 7 a.m. for another edition of This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois.